on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. From E10, hello again. Welcome to the Orient Hour with the first league game of the season to look back on and won, thankfully, with a happy outcome at that. Uh, I'm Steve Tung in the studio with me, Trevor Singfield. Welcome back. You and your crew looked happy enough after the game. Yeah, yeah, we're all very happy, in fact, today. Very happy. Good. And Richard Priest um, followed the game on Saturday, uh, enjoyed, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, um, we'll obviously talk about it in a bit more detail shortly, but yeah, very pleased with the beginning. Good. We'd normally be joined, uh, too, by Karen Harrison. She's uh, isolating at home, so get well, Karen. hopefully perhaps in time for Crawley on Saturday. So we'll look back at the Grimsby game, obviously, in all aspects, uh, the win, the size of the crowd and the, the pricing, those advertising boards. We'll hear from uh, Richie Wellens. We don't always uh, play all the managers' uh, interviews, after-match interviews, but I thought uh, an interesting one on Saturday, some good points to debate and pick up on. Um, See what we think about the season's prospects, both for Orient and uh, the top and bottom of the table, and consider some other off-field matters like the the new ticketing system. Then uh, Dulcet Dave will give us Victor's view from the commentary gantry, uh, linking seamlessly to Saturday's fixture at Crawley, and we'll consider that game and the League Cup game, of course, don't forget, at uh, Forest Green uh, next Tuesday. And before the end of the programme, news of how you, the listeners, can take part in the Orient Hour starting next week. That's uh, nearer the end of the programme. But uh, let's get going with newly promoted Grimsby coming to town. Uh, they brought four new signings and about 1,200 fans. Terrific turnout, really, in, in terms of the rail strike. Although they only seem to have a, about two coaches. So um, if 1,100 of them came, came down by road, well, well done for that. Um, and our team news, when Karen read it out in the supporters' club at two o'clock, uh, first thoughts were there, we seem to have a lot of defenders. There were room, rumours that uh, Tom James would be playing in midfield, which turned out to be the case. And we had two set for league debuts for us, Rob Hunt and uh, George Moncur. What did we think about the actual team news, Trevor? Well, yeah, I was surprised. Um, we spent many minutes... Uh, trying to work out who was playing where in the pub. So uh, lucky we sort of didn't have too many. Else. We, we could have been playing other players anywhere. But no, it was, yeah, it was a, a bit of a head scratcher. And 
when it all goes out in front of you to see where Tom James was playing. Um, I thought first 15, 20, he was okay. But then from there to half time, I wasn't so keen on his position. Um, give the ball. I think Rishi did sort of say things in his interview about that position. But uh, overall, I, I, going to the whole game, I think 1-11 to 11 we were better than Grimsby. And I think all its players knew that, maybe in a little bit overconfident that they would get the victory and got a bit sloppy needed half time to sort of be told that you know you're going to win the game but let's let's get it won um, I mean there wasn't one Grimsby player that caught my eye to be perfectly honest and uh, could have had more and it's, it's a well deserved victory for the Irons great Yes, good summary. Um, Rich, when you saw that team news, it turned out to be uh, Adam Thompson and Rob Hunt as, as the full-backs. Uh, Tom James, indeed, was the defensive midfield player. And although the obvious front three, a slight surprise for me that Paul Smith was actually playing down the middle and, and rule out wide left. Would you might have had them those two swapped over? Um, well, well, I agree. Yeah, I'd, I would swap them over, but I think I knew that we weren't going to do that because Richie sort of hinted that... It, Paul Smith was probably going to play that role and I think whether Rule prefers it or whether Richie Wellens prefers it he's going to play out on that right hand side or that left hand side sorry and cut in I think um, so although I personally would would have changed that around I wasn't surprised to see that because he'd, he'd mentioned and I think in pre-season a couple of games same with Tom James I think was it against the Tottenham game he, he played in that that holding role so when I saw the team again I, I did the same thing and thought well How's this going to work here? Are we, are we playing five at the back or six at the back? I, I was trying to figure it out. And then I think someone near me said, I bet he's holding. And then, and same as Trev, I thought he, he didn't look too bad there, actually. He made a couple of good passes, but sort of within 20, 25 minutes, there was sort of two or three mistakes in a row where he got caught out. And I think, obviously, that's where he's, it's not his natural position. And, and I have to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of when you've got good players, just, just trying to get them into the team by putting them somewhere else. When, I mean, you know, there's not a better right wing-back, full-back than Tom James in this division. And I just can't help but feel it's a bit of a waste to, to put him into another position just to accommodate someone else. And But I thought Rob Hunt was excellent at left-back. You know, considering he'd probably, I think he said he had one day, day and a half training session. Um, I thought he looked very assured. And um, I'm glad it was just cramp, apparently, when he went off because I, I started mm. having visions of six months out and stuff like that. But... I thought he looked very good, but um, but yeah, I wasn't surprised so much in the team. Probably the subs I was quite surprised on, um, as in who was on the bench because in front of me, Connor Wood was sitting in front of me, um, and when you Richie actually mentioned, didn't he, that it's only um, I think he said obviously Drinnen's out long term and Croom was out long term. Uh, well, Drinnen, sorry, in a couple of weeks, but I think he said Jordan Brown should be back Brown. soon. Yeah. But he didn't mention kind of Coleman no. or Wood, and yet they weren't in the squad. And I'm not sure why Connor Wood wouldn't be in there above certainly Jaden Sweeney, in my opinion. Um, so I was quite surprised by that if there's no injuries there, or because he didn't mention it. And, and the same with Coleman, I would have thought possibly he might at least have made the bench. So whether that hints at the fact that there's not a future there, I'm not sure, but uh, that could. Just be me jumping the gun a bit there. But, you know, I was surprised to see him sitting in front. But they, they were at yeah. the game. Well, Connor Wood certainly was anyway. So um, I was probably more surprised with who wasn't on the bench than, than anything else. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the team itself, I, I kind of went with what I thought it probably would be. Yeah. 
Well, we'll discuss the, the individual performances later and, and those subs who came on. Uh, five subs, don't forget, allowed uh, uh, now, although we only used three as previously. Um, but great atmosphere, um, nice tribute before the game to uh, journalist and supporter Roland Lyons and, and from the Grimsby fans too, joined in with that. I don't think we took a knee, did we? And even hearing, to, which as we did almost every game last season, just hearing today that Premier League clubs are going to... Uh, be a bit more restrictive about when they do and when they don't, I guess, on the uh, uh, the notion being that it doesn't just become an automatic thing that nobody really thinks about at all. Um, so it needed, a, I thought it needed a positive start to get the O supporters going because uh, Grimsby were making a lot of noise and, and we got it a good, good couple of early chances, weren't they? Remember, there were a couple with Paul Smith in particular and, and the pace he showed going through the middle and, and those shots. Yeah, he's, he, 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 well, he knew he had to beat him at the centre-half all day long, didn't he? And he got shots away from some decent angles. He, he worked the keeper and, I mean, to be honest, I think three of our shots went about six inches past the post. I mean, if you get your shooting boots right, there's another three goals there, I think. So, yeah. It was an interesting position with Smith because he sort of, he didn't do no, he didn't do much chasing down or nothing, which he was sort of just waiting for that, them passes to come in. I mean, because... We know he's a fragile character, and so if he's going to play to his strengths, which is beating the last man and getting a shot away, and it's all, it's all good for the future because he's got to be managed properly, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, of course. And Grimsby looked threatening a couple of times, and what two good vigorous saves, weren't there? First yeah, half. I mean, there was the the the, well, the the first chance was I think it was the right back. I mean, I think we were lucky really that fell to the right back more than someone else. But I've kind of watched that back a bit, and Rob Hunt was actually in a very good position to stop him. I think that's why he went with his right foot actually rather than his left because Rob Hunt had actually got back across him, and I think he would have probably blocked something there. So that was actually as well as a sort of a good save and a, and a bad miss. There was actually some good defending there, I think as well. Totally agree with you there, Rich. Yeah, and then, but the double save as well. I mean. I, I thought he maybe could have done a bit better with the first one, but he did really well to follow that up as well. So, But, I mean, as Trev said at the beginning there, I mean, Grimsby, I, have, I thought we shaded the first half and we completely dominated the second half. I, I, was, I thought Grimsby would be slightly better, especially, well, I think we've seen in the last day or so that the, the guy they had up front, is it McAtee? He's, he's gone. He's moved to Luton. Mm, he's cool. come back for the season on loan. But, you know, I always pre-season you're always looking at where people and everyone predicts their team to finish top 7th and if you put them anywhere below 10th they start insulting you online and saying you don't know anything and there was plenty of Grimsby fans saying there's no way we're losing at Orion I've 3-0 McAtee hat-trick so I, I had my eye on him just to see what he was going to be like and yeah, I, I didn't see anything to be honest but apparently he's more of a between attack and midfield and he, I think he was actually playing the, like the lone striker role there which apparently doesn't suit his game but I mean, I don't know what Luton have paid there, but it could yeah. be anybody else based on Saturday for me. But. Well, they, they, I mean, they had very close playoff games, didn't they? I think virtually every game was uh, was a single goal or extra time or, you know, it could have been, we could have been playing Notts County or all sorts of other people on Saturday. It's so. Tough for them because they probably haven't had much of a break, really, because th no. they only finished mm. in the playoffs sort of six, seven weeks ago, eight weeks yeah. ago, I think, wasn't it? And, and I think about four new signings, which is, yeah. is you've got to make, really, to make that step up, but but still take time to bed in. Yeah, I mean, I saw enough, I think, to, that they'll be, I think they'll be safe this season. There was enough there that they, they weren't a bad team, but I just thought, you know, there's, I can't see him being at the top end of the table no. based on that but first games of the season are always difficult they are well we'll, come, we'll run through uh, very briefly the, the, the results from the first day as, to give us some clues about who might be nearer the top and the bottom but uh, just, just finishing off the, the game itself um, a good move for the penalty looking back I hadn't realised that George Moncur who we'll talk about later I'm sure was actually involved in the move which, which started the penalty I, from where we were I'm even further away than Trevor from that end and I wouldn't have sworn whether it was handball or not but the referee looking at the highlights was in a very good position wasn't he? Yeah I mean it looked like a 
Yeah, I, I, at the time I didn't think so, but looking back at the replays, it looks like yeah. for me. He's, it was. he's offering his arms there. Yeah. I know you can't see on the radio. I put my arm <laughs> out, but um, we when I looked back at it, I said there's down. And he, the referee was in a great position, took his time, pointed to the spot because they give the free kick away in the first half with the arms raised, so they, they've had a warning and. I don't think even took a yellow card for it because no, I know it's not no. deliberate handball, but you know it's it can be punishable by some referees. We know. And at last, we found a penalty taker. Yeah, six to one. Uh, Any time <laughs> scorer because uh, I know he missed the one in um, pre-season, yes. so we sort of had a little look and oh, if we get a penalty, maybe taking it. But he had another couple of chances, didn't he? He, he looks like he's going to be involved, Monker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second goal, um, not sure what more there is to say, really. But, um. Do you know what? I think he, he was actually about to be subbed off because he'd lost the ball again. And I saw Richie Wellens as soon as he looked, because Richie's just in front of me, he turned around frustrated and called Clay, Clay Clay over. He started getting undressed. And I think Tom James saw it. So I think he just... I don't know. I, but personally, I don't think he would have taken that shot on if he was staying on. I think he just thought, I've got nothing to lose here. I'm just going just to shoot this one because I'm going off in a second. <laughs> And because uh, obviously Craig Clay sat straight back down then, but I think he was on the verge of being subbed off at the time, and and literally that changed the dynamics completely because we just like moved him out instead then. But um, but yeah, I mean, what, what goal of the season's over? Oh, I would imagine amazing. already. He is a wonderful striker of the ball. Even actually that uh, that very first pre-season game at Harringay, he took a direct free kick from about the same distance. I would say just ran up and hit it and and almost broke the bar, and that that was a good reminder. Um, of the fact of what a, how he can strike a ball and, and the, now the fact that he does uh, after that very long layoff last season now appears to be completely fit which is which is terrific because he is I'm sure one of those key players we really we really have to to keep fit and after that second half Trevor not much to uh, worry uh, Vigaru there and I think it showed what a good counter-attacking team we can be with that amount of pace and Paul Smith and Theo in particular um, the, there were chances there there weren't around and one or two from the set pieces that very nicely worked corner which we seem to have got better at as well yeah it's, it was a pleasure even though I still like when 10 minutes to go you, it's 2-0 still a dangerous score when you're a pessimistic Orient fans and people are still oh we need a third around and you think well no we're comfortable but yeah they saw the game out well like I say they, they didn't figure at all in the second half really Apart from one early chance in then just after yes, half time. Right but after half time, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so very encouraging. Well, uh, as I say, interesting uh, comments from the manager. Let's hear what he felt about it all and then discuss some of his comments. Here's Richie Wellens with Dave Victor. Well, Richie, thanks for joining us and congratulations. A winning start to the new season. Yeah, the most important thing, home, home game, really good crowd, good day. Um, I've been involved in these opening days at home and it can be a damp squid sometimes if you get beat so there'll be teams up and down the country that have lost who'll be feeling when's the next win coming um, and there'll be also teams that have, have won today and, and didn't really care about how it came about it's just a, it's important that you get first three points on the board so um, at times very very good but overall I would say a 6 out of 10 which again is a massive positive because we could have had a lot of goals today and there was one very, very special goal from Tom James. Yeah, fantastic. He's a, we see it all, all the time in training. He's a player that I've signed, tried to sign twice before and then felt lucky that he was here. When I inherited the squad, no, technically very, very good. I think at times in midfield he's shown his his, um, his composure and his, his ability to pass the ball. But yeah, I think we just cross every other goal now. We give Tom James the goal of the season award because that, that won't be beat was special so too was the penalty because I make it you go back to January 2020 the last time late night scored from the spot yeah. in the football league George Moncur first of all was it a penalty 
Um, oh, I've not looked it back. I mean, I'm. It, handball rule now, nobody knows. The offside rule, nobody knows because there's sometimes where a defender's about to head it and he's a man in the way and he heads it and he flops down to them, but the man's offside. So I think it's something that I seen a re- report two days ago that all all referees and all they've sent referees out to each club and told them the rules. No one's come to our club. We've had a meeting with the with the with the LMA, which was very very brief, but no one's come to our club to explain it. So listen, was it a penalty? I don't, I, I'm not sure. I've not seen it. The rules are: if your arms are out of your body, then it's a penalty. But um, listen, sometimes you, you you've got to use that look, and what you've got to make sure is you. If I come to the game today. I was nervous. You know, the, the preseason games, a preseason game, you don't feel that that feeling in your stomach. That, right in the pit of your stomach so I felt that before the game and it's probably heightened at George's penalty just because he missed one in pre-season but um, no he put it away properly he did, really did bottom corner the goalkeeper went the right way yeah he's got that te- technique where he can he can hard side foot it um, so listen I was a little bit nervous but he's, he's a player that should lie obviously this year and a clean sheet clean sheet which is positive again we've, we've defended I know it if people look at just our results pre-season people think they're shipping in goals when we've actually had our back four and Viggs in goal and it's worked on then we've actually not conceded that many goals even when we play the likes of, of um, Peterborough, West Brom um, Portsmouth we've actually been quite defensively good in our first 45-60 minutes so um, listen I, I think we've got the best goalkeeper in the league he'll show it this year um, and in Omar Beckles we've got one of the best centre-backs in the league Dan Hat, fantastic he's got cramping up at the end but we needed him to go through it um, Shadow be back from suspension now, so he strengthens strengthens in, in that department. Uh, Rob Hunt to to get 60 minutes out of him was was a bonus because obviously he's only trained one day, stroke two days. I think everybody can see at what composure he brings, what a good footballer he is. So um, and Tomo, so again, Tomo just makes good decisions defensively, very solid. So I think at times in the first half was a little bit open, but that was more me and more our midfield structure. I think once Craig Clay come in, he gives us was more structured in the, in the last 20 25 minutes I can't really recall Viggs having a, a save to make you're going to have some selection problems now for next good. week and Crawley good I've been in positions where I, when I look at I've been in clubs where I look at their team sheet and I look at my team sheet and even if we're at 100% he's not, we've, we've probably got a slim chance of winning so um, good because he's had players back after suspension but what about the injuries um, it's only really Jordan Brown could be close um, probably not a Crawley game but the one after Driz will probably be the one after that and then Dan Nekroom is a long term Hunty's just cramped up because it's been to be expected um, he's obviously had a few pre-season games but not not at the intensity levels of, of what this demands so um, the, injury, the injury situation is getting better that by the day hopefully by the time Crawley comes we, we might have one back but we've definitely got Charlie Kelman who I've been so impressed with in training and um, Shad in the window is still open yeah. are you looking to bring anybody else in we'll definitely bring one more in Tom James will do a job in, 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 in holding midfield but it's not his natural position and I think at times when people sit off him his, his execution of the passing is exceptional but midfield players know where to be second balls they know the position to put the body in they know where things are, um, are dropping down to him he's just an, that holding midfield is, a, is, a, is such an important part of my team so we need to make sure we're waiting um, and Tom can do a, definitely a good job Tom can play left back centre mid right back all very very good but we want a specialised player that can pass but also gives us the the, um, 
the defensive responsibilities that he's needed in that position. Sounds as if you've got someone in mind. Is that a permanent deal or on loan? We've got someone in mind. It's just that at this stage of the season, you're always at the, you know, you, you're at the position of the parent club or the, 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 the club that the player is at. They want someone in before they release this player. And it's just, I get it. I mean, I had some guy shouting up at me when we brought Craig and saying, we need, we need some... Um, midfield uh, structure I go I know well, we haven't got a midfield player on the bench so what do you want me to do so we know where we're at today was about getting three points and getting our energy and getting the atmosphere here I enjoyed it I'm sure the supporters enjoyed it so it's been a good day for the club good start and we go on and that supporter next, hopefully next week maybe the week after we'll give him his um, we'll give him his wish and we'll get an, another midfield player and finally about that support eight and a half thousand here at Brisbane Road again when we get it bouncing um, we can be better we can be better, we can be more loud, we can be more creative. And we need songs for our players. Come on, we've got some talented front players that are, you know, are really, really good for this level, that can light up this stadium. Let's get some songs. Well right. done. No problem. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Right, let's get some songs for those players. We'll uh, we'll try and come up with some before the end of the programme. But some interesting uh, thoughts there, I think thought firstly just the importance of getting that first win and, and even the fact that he felt nervous about it which I must admit I did too a bit on Saturday it just seemed one of those games one of those seasons where you really needed to get off I suppose it because partly because it's a home game it, it makes it that much more important doesn't it yeah it did didn't it I mean yeah I think we all have a few butterflies even though we're not involved we're only the spectators but we've all got Orient deep down in our, in our lives so um I was quite taken back when he said he was nervous because he means he obviously cares doesn't he you know what I mean and uh, this is this is a big job for him as well though isn't it you know because he's mm. he's had short spells at Salford and Doncaster and uh, he's been quite open about that so yeah it, it was yeah, it was an interesting one I agree Steve because uh, the pre-season has not been all that smooth, had it? Um, despite what he said about the, the defences. I mean, if you'd said six weeks ago, oh, Paul Smith will be centre-forward for the first game, someone would have said, no, Harry Smith. You'd have said, no, Paul Smith, <laughs> centre-forward. Um, and uh, Richie only giving it a six out of ten, was that a bit harsh? I think I might have given it a seven. Well, most supporters would have given it a ten. It's three <laughs> points at home, isn't it? And you're here rocking all over the world, or, or nearly... Because of the tannoy. Um, wow, yeah, seven, eight, nine. I, I was really pleased we got off to a good start because, yeah. uh, well, yeah, there's not much to say on it. It's There's harder games to come, of course, but uh, yeah. you can only beat what's in front of you. That is the old adage, isn't it? And it makes that first weekend of the season very much more enjoyable. A night when you can watch the highlights. Now, of course, available, don't forget, on, uh, on ITV, ITV1, um, late on Saturday night and on Sunday morning after the, um, the regular nine o'clock on ITV4 as well. Uh, well worth seeing on, on Saturday. Uh, you talked about the refs there. No referee has come into our club to talk this season, which is unusual, I think, because it's normal pattern that uh, your, your local referee, football league referee or Premier League referee, goes into the club to talk about either any new actual laws or um, I'm sure the players and the managers will be very keen to hear from some referees what the rules actually are about handball and, and offside these days. Um, we, uh, we had the usual offside situations where the player's clearly offside and the, the flag doesn't go up until uh, half a minute later and whatever. Then he talked about George Monker. I think he said, I think the quote was, George Monker could light up this year. Um, he's obviously very pleased with him so far. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was um, he was excellent because it was his first game and, you know, he hasn't played a lot of football probably in the last couple of years at Hull. 
Um, <clears throat> I think there's certainly some some fitness to work on. We, we could probably see towards the end. Not just him, to be fair. I mean, I think it was we were two 0 up, and it was Grimsby looked sort of sort of down and out by then as well. I think, and I, I think you know on another game we would have seen a few more other players maybe replaced than than say like Rob Hunt. We've had an injury, but for the last ten minutes, I think we had a few players that seemed to be a bit. Um, I'm trying to think of the right expression to use for radio here, but you know they were knackered, yeah, tired, so, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I think for the last ten minutes, you could see that it was probably, you know, it was a, it was a more without pre-season. This is something to play for now, um, but yeah, that will come with the games. Um, but I, I was very impressed with him, um, and I, I think he's right. You know, you could you could certainly see a lot of times you get these players who have come from a higher level, and I, I kind of look at them and think, well. I can't really see that he he seems like he's come from a higher level or, you know, he's not really stood out. But Mm. he seemed very... I think one of the good things I think with a player is if they look comfortable on the board, they look like they've got a lot of time even when they haven't. Um, And that's what he he came across as to me. Every time he got the ball, it seemed like he had a lot more time than he probably did. Um, And I think that's always a sign of a good player. Um, And I don't really recall him losing it too many times and and finding just a simple pass. Um, And, you know, he, he had the shot for the penalty as well. And... And he seemed to be involved in it. And he does seem actually like that that position. I'm purely, I can only base this off one game so far, but he seems like that that position that we've been missing, in fairness. So he, he could prove to be a very shrewd sign, I think. I, I think the, the thing I noticed more about him as an individual was that he had the ball in the midfield, then he, he's, he's offloaded it, and all of a sudden he's he has died forward 20, 25 yards. And I don't think we've had a, a midfielder doing that for a long while. I, I know the box-to-box midfielder don't exist to certain managers, but it's, it was noticeable that he give it and then he was looking to get the ball back further up the pitch, which could only be a good thing because if he knows he's got somebody behind him in the CDM position, whatever they like to call it, he knows he can do that. Yeah. And uh, with Prattley, he's gone out to the right. Prattley looks, I thought we had a very good game because mm. he knows he's got people he can trust and he's not looking after a kid or anything like that in the middle. So, yeah, it, it was noticeable that Monker did push forward and like we just sort of said off air there a little bit listening to Richie Wellens that maybe our players have got to learn to play with Monker because he, he, he took the ball in some tight situations he wants it so give him the ball if he wants it give it to him because you know like Richard just said he, you can't remember him losing the ball no no he'll have been pleased that he's got um, he's got praise from the manager as did Dan Happy in that interview how good was he on Saturday yeah, um, I mean, I said I don't think Grimsby posed a, a great threat. If I'm honest, he'll have tougher games. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think because it's a, it's a it's a strange season for Happy. I think because he, I think he knows that he's not going to be, you know, he's not, well, he's certainly not going to be first choice. That'll be Beckles, but it, possibly between him and Shad now, or mm. if we if we do end up bringing someone else in, because there's also Adam Thompson that can move across. So I think he knows this year because I think this is the final year of his contract as well. He's mentioned it himself. So there's a there's a lot. I mean, I hope he he does. Because I mean, I, you know, I'll be honest. The last two seasons for me, he hasn't been good enough so far. And I think he knows that. So this is a big season for him, and I, I really hope because I've seen, I think I've seen enough of him to know that there certainly is a player there, and we've we've seen the club he's been linked with in the past. So yeah, I mean, it's a good solid start, and, and I hope he can sort of hold on to that position because you know, by no means should he drop out of the team on Saturday for Shad because. You know, he played well, and I think we'll stick with the same team for Crawley. So um, yeah. he'll probably get another start, I think. Yeah. Yes, well done, Dan. Um, and he talked about uh, definitely wanting to bring in one more player who is clearly going to be a defensive midfield player if they can find one. It sounds as though it, it may have to be a, a younger uh, Premier League, possibly probably low knee, um, though you might, you might have hoped 
that that it would be someone a bit more experienced because it as he said it, it's a very important position in his team and and did you agree with with rich there that tom james is is not best placed there he should be at right back no i think like richard alluded to earlier if, he, if you've got a great white wing back who's scoring goals six or seven last season repeats that this year it helps chipping in so a specialist player in a specialist position has got to be the number one thing for the, for the manager and I, I think we all agree we've, we've watched Dorian for donkey's years and putting square pegs in round holes it never works does it let's be honest so well summed up by the manager good day for the club I think we can all we can all agree with that and, and as we said such a such a good thing almost psychologically as well as uh, looking at the very early league table to to get off to that first win we talked about most of the players individually um, the substitutions we had Craig Clay Harry Smith and young Sweeney I thought Sweeney did well when he came on did you notice that? Yeah he got 10 minutes at the end and yeah he's filled out a lot more and uh, I think that's probably reward for him in, in training because I couldn't really see there being the substitution needed to be made uh, at that point. But no. I think obviously we were comfortable enough to, to give him some minutes. I mean, the managers just talk about, oh, he's been good in training, he's been good in training. So if, if he's pushing on in, in the training, and like we've already mentioned, um, Connor Wood is sort of left in limbo at the moment and Sweeney's a, a left-sided player. So maybe that sort of is making competition amongst all the players. It's more of an advanced role as well, Sweeney, because usually mm. he's, he's left back. He seemed to be, was it the left side of the front three? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, which, um, whether he's been playing there in training or something, but I, I've never seen him play that far forward myself. No, the player who you would have expected to come in that position was Georgiou, who, again, for anyone who was at Haringey, uh, I don't know how much else he appeared in pre-season, but he played the first half at Haringey before they changed the team around and looked very, very promising, got the first goal. He's the, the lad who came from Tottenham, Cypriot International, who was originally billed as, as a left-back, but he can clearly play all the way up that left side. So it will be interesting to see if he gets his chances. And, and Harry Smith, obviously, is, is a, a good option when you've been playing with what must have been one of the smallest front front threes anywhere to get uh, Big Harry. And I, w- I always think Vigaru must be very pleased when he comes on and finally he can whack some balls up the middle instead of he played some very decent passes, didn't he, onto the heads of the fullbacks who both cope very well with him. Yeah, I mean, Richie, I mean, I, I, when we had Richie in the studio last season, I, I said it at the time to him and he, he, he agreed with me and he said it himself that it was probably the best keeper in the division. You know, that's how highly I rate him. Um, but he's, you know, but if we get in bad injuries, I wouldn't be averse to him actually playing in midfield or something. His passing is that good, I think. Um, you know, he's, he's got a better, better passes than I think a lot of our players have. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a fantastic player. And, and Harry Smith, he didn't have an actual pre-season last year, I don't think, either, no, did he? So, no. whether he seems to be one of these players that, that seems to miss pre But, I mean, he, he hit the ground running last year. So, if we can do the same again when he gets a few starts this year, then, then great. Yeah, so good atmosphere, as we said. Well done, Grimsby, um, for their 1,200 supporters. The the actual official attendance was given as 8,557. And it's clear that that was the number of tickets sold, rather. A lot of people said there weren't anything like that number because the capacity is only still just over 9,000. Um, but the club have made it clear that that is the number of tickets sold. So you're, if you bought a season card and you couldn't get there because of the rail strike or holidays or whatever, um, you were counted. But it will go down as the official attendance, and that makes it the biggest for a very long time. We've been scouring back... Um, 
The even the final National League game against Braintree was just over eight thousand. The the playoff final season, when of course we should have gone up, there were a couple of eight thousands there. Anyone was at the Brentford and the Wolves games; they were big games that season. Um, and the Peterborough playoff was very very close to the figure uh, that was given on Saturday, and there may well be more people in the ground. But other than that, um, I would, we decided that the highest. Uh, official attendance um, since Arsenal in the cup tie 11 years ago. So I suppose that the policy of half price tickets for some can be counted as a success as well. And it'll be interesting to see how many turn up on Saturday week at home to Mansfield. So without reading too much into just one game, uh, what do we think about the season's prospects now generally? Well, it's got to be positive to start with. I mean, We'll probably talk about how other teams have started in this division in a little while, but like I said earlier, you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, we off to Crawley Saturday. Never been a great hunting ground for the O's, but we have won there since, I think. So we can only do that cliche, take every game as it comes, but to ask me that question on one game... I'm a 10-game I'm a man, Steve, to yep. sort of tell you how it's going to go, right. but we got that one wrong last year, didn't we? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so you might as well tell you, after, we're going up. <laughs> no, I mean, what, uh, what the, the financial people at the club have always said is that it is pretty highly related to the budgets, and um, Kent Teague, appearing on one of the other podcasts this week, uh, said we will definitely have one of the top seven budgets in the in the, the league, which means we should theoretically be in the in the top seven places. He thought it wouldn't be as high as the top three because we know there are teams like uh, like Salford and Bradford. I think Grimsby, yes, Bradford, Grimsby coming up. Uh, sorry, not Stockport. Grimsby, Stockport coming up. Um, a crowd of 10,000 on on Saturday again. They've they've got the money and uh, and they've got the got the fans. Um, any thoughts about? Well, just a reminder. The unusual thing I thought about Saturday's results was for our division was there were only a couple of draws. Um, the Bradford uh, Doncaster game, which inevitably had the biggest crowd and also had a couple of red cards, um, and there was one other draw somewhere. So Sutton and Sutton and Newport drew. Um, and the, the very early league table has Walsall on top of it because somebody called Danny Johnson scored a hat-trick for them. Um, I don't know, some supporters may even, not even have caught up with the fact that he'd gone on loan from Walsall, um, uh, from Mansfield, sorry. Uh, Walsall were apparently promised it would be a permanent loan, but Mansfield have now, um, now made it a, a, a loan, um, which uh, if he keeps scoring like that, they will no doubt want him back because he, he didn't have much of a, much of a season last year. Um, anybody else who, who catches your attention as, uh, as possible candidates for the top? Um, well, apparently, I mean, you know, I've seen, all I've seen is the goals online, but apparently Salford were very good. Um, Carlisle, apparently, they, they, were, they played Crawley, who we've got yes. Saturday, and from what I've read, their, their keeper sort of kept it just to one goal. It could have been, you know, 10-11-0 from what I, I was reading. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how we do against Crawley because obviously they were, you know, quite they weren't heavily fancy, but they were tipped as sort of good outsiders at the start of the season with a bit of new backing. Um, so you know, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, we do this every year. I, I didn't think anyone particularly stood out last year, and and something Trev said earlier actually that you know we'll, we'll play better teams. But I remember thinking that for a lot of games last season, and and every time we played a team, I thought would be better. They never seemed to be. So you know, it, again, we'll, as Trev said, we're one game in. Um, you know, it's it's very difficult to tell, but you know, it could be one of those. You know, Bradford have haven't run away seven eight nil like their fans thought they would on Saturday. Doncaster thought they were going to win at Bradford seven or eight nil. Um, you know, it's it's always like that start of the season. Every team thinks they're going to finish in the top five, six, or seven. Um, so it's very hard to predict. And 
you know, I, I, I think possibly, we, I'm not sure how Mark Hughes will do at Bradford. So I'm not, for me, I don't think they'll be in that top three. Um, but, you know, Nigel Clough, whether they'll have a playoff hangover, um, but I think he could still get Mansfield going again. They've got some good players. Um, Northampton actually had a team for me that I think could mm. win the league. Um, but I actually fancy, and they won, I think, Saturday. I see Wimbledon to be um, the surprise team this season. Actually. Yes, they've, they've good had signings. a terrible run in the relegation season, haven't they? I think they, they yeah. haven't won since December, certainly at home. Did they, they won on Saturday? Yeah, 2-0 yeah, 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 against Julian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I quite fancy them as outsiders yeah. this year, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree that the Wimbledon, they've, they've been in League One quite, quite a long time, so they got off to a good start against Gillingham. I mean, Harrogate 3, Swindon 0. Harrogate come out of the blocks last season. Can they... Can they uh, keep it up? Surprised that Swindon got beat that easy. I mean, you've got to look at Stevenage under Steve Evans. I mean, I can see them sneaking the playoffs because that's what Steve Evans does. I mean, to win at Tranmere, that's a great result. The Walsall score, I was reading this week that Hartlepool's manager signed lots of players from Scotland that he knows, but lower Scottish sides. So I think they could be looking at the trap door this year, maybe Hartlepool, just on that kind of information because mm. Walsall never really smash anybody anytime you know I mean they, they're a steady home side Walsall always have been uh, Crew got off to a start Rochdale Rochdale probably be bottom five but I'm with Rich Salford stood out for me 2-0 home to Mansfield I thought that was a real solid result and uh, Northampton will be there and thereabouts but looking at that I mean we've got one or two of them coming up and uh, yeah but it's a, it's a great start for him because yeah. these teams that come up from the the National League, they're buoyant, aren't they? It's like when we went down, we we got Sutton and they licked their lips, isn't it? Oh, we got Orient. We're gonna, we put one over. And they did. It's like the Oldham fella I see on social media was going, where's Dawkins? Where's Dawkins? <laughs> they don't need a team talk Saturday, do they? You know, and it's time and time again... It happens. But playing a new team coming up, I know they're traditional... Uh, league side Grimsby aren't they but it, that was a, that, that was a potential banana skin for him especially with a big backing because we could have we could have been playing with due respect we could have played Stevenage or somebody like that who brings a, a poor crowd I mean then it's a different ball game isn't it you know I mean imagine we played Stevenage and we lost 1-0 Twitter would have been a, a no-go area of course but you know you, you get the point I'm making that, that we avoided the banana skin and, and we're up there now well and exactly the same point as, as well, as Grimsby, the team who came up with them, Stockport, who must have been rubbing their hands at getting a home game with Barrow, got 10,000. And at half-time, they're 3-0 down at home to Barrow, who have been tipped as relegation candidates. So they almost came back. They got it back to 3-2, but they've lost their home game, which is a, a huge anticlimax for, for Stockport. And, and Barrow are suddenly up there in the, uh, in the playoff well, places. Well, that, that could actually define both of their seasons, because I was talking to my son in the pub. I said, well, if Stockport smashed Barrow, first game of the season, what everybody's expecting to, it would have been a coupon buster on the old fixed odds. Then you've got Stockport high-flying, Barrow straight behind the black ball straight away but it, they turned that right on the arm when we all looked at our phones at half time and went ooh yeah, that, was my, that my echo was over with after <laughs> sorry Rich yeah. <laughs> but I mean I, I think Barrow people I don't expect them to be challenging at the top but I think with the manager they've bought in from Halifax I think they've been you know very underestimated Barrow I think he's, he's done so well at Halifax and he's bought a couple of good players in from there as well so I, I think Barrow will be kind of very comfortable 
Um, I mean, Colchester for me were the team that I think are going to definitely be going, but they didn't lose. I think they drew, didn't they? I think. No, they lost three two. Oh, they lose three. Late okay, goal, yeah, late goal that was it. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, that that was probably better than I thought. But they're the team for me, along with well, I thought Harrogate won as well. So you know, them Harrogate and Rochdale were the three teams at the start of the season for me. I would have looked at and thought, I'm not quite sure if they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, Stephen is interesting because I, I do agree with the Steve Evans effect. But sometimes I wonder when you bring that many players in, it's very mm. unusual for a team that can bring in 12, 13 players and then for all to gel straight away. But again, it is the, the Steve Evans effect, unfortunately. Right, well, we were here shortly from Dave Victor, a link in the, the Grimsby game and looking ahead to Crawley. But one or two off-field matters. Um, Mark Devlin, the comparatively new chief exec, uh, put an update online recently. been criticised a little bit unfairly, I think, for not being as high-profile as Danny Macklin, which basically means not spending 18 hours a day looking at everybody's social media posts and answering every question that people raised, as, as Danny used to do. I think they're aware of that and that they're going to be communicating um, um, several new uh, things that he pointed to. The floodlights, of course, we haven't had a chance to look at ourselves. Dave Victor was raving about them. It was the um, Portsmouth game, wasn't it, which we weren't allowed to go to, so we didn't see the floodlights switched on that night. But what about the old advertising boards for the first time? Yeah, yeah they, they, they were OK. They, they wasn't offen- offensive like the ones at Forest Green, which uh, if anybody had the misfortune of going there and come away blinded, you, there was points in that forest green game we couldn't even see the ball it's ridiculous um and i will say the 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 rest in peace to roland Lyons was excellent and if you can do things like that on the perimeter when it's moments of respect like that and obviously we have uh, remembrance sunday where we we do on the pitch one of the few clubs that do do it and you can incorporate that as well as the advertising is going to bring in more money it's okay it's okay with me we when we first knew we were getting them everybody oh no oh no it's forest green type things and no they're, they're you, you to be honest you wouldn't really know they're there if you're concentrating on the game because mm. they're not that bright i mean it may be different than a night game we don't know yet do we because forest green wasn't i'd have to say it was a night game and they because the other side with forest green it's lower trajectory because they haven't got big stands like us but at the back of the west stand where me and you sit steve they were they were they were all right. Good. Yeah, certainly nothing like as distracting as the Premier League, the, the high-tech Premier League ones which flash and go <laughs> round and round and round and, and uh, do drive you mad. And, and I suppose the players have got used to it, but you would have thought were quite distracting in a way for them. Anybody heard much about ticket problems, a ticket master? It doesn't seem to be running all that smoothly yet. Um, I've sort of done a bit of a dummy run today on... Because... Um, I'm a bit concerned when the Wimbledon tickets may go on sale, maybe on holiday, so I won't be able to toddle down to the uh, the, the club to buy some. Um, it seemed I had to re-register whether it's correctly up and running yet. I wouldn't know until I actually physically buy a ticket, so I can only speak from that experience. But patience, just... patience, people. We, uh, <laughs> it, it ought to be it ought to be improving. And um, the tannoy is one of the things which they haven't got round to yet. Um, be very nice if they did, and uh, the likes of you and me near the back of the uh, of the West End could hear not only Barry Galvin giving out the team news, but um, but everything else going. And we might even hear some of the music as well, and know what know what songs they were playing. So um, that was pretty much that the off the field stuff, the match program. I think old old school collectors like Trevor and myself very pleased to see that we are one of those clubs who are keeping a match program 
going because I'm sure there will be clubs who will give up soon if they haven't. Uh, it was up 50 pence. The, the program collector, uh, program sellers I saw were uh, being driven mad by the fact that they had to keep giving everybody 50 pence or £1.50 change and they were running out of 50 pences. Um, but that, uh, it was, it's a decent program, actually. It was 3.50 last year, Steve. Was it? Yeah, oh, right. yeah, yeah. oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Because yeah. um, I thought it was awkward. Yes, yeah, no, it, it's, it has been. Um, OK, well, let's get back to on-field matters. Victor's view of the first week. What a tremendous way to start the new campaign. A large crowd at Brisbane Road, the travelling Mariners ensuring a great atmosphere and a solid performance from Richie Ewellen's men. After two and a half years, the O's finally scored from the spot in a league match. But without doubt, the highlight was that stunning strike from Tom James and it was with his left foot. Post-match, Wellens dedicated that magnificent goal in memory of Roland Lyons and both sets of supporters joined the minutes of applause in his honour before kick-off. It has been a long and difficult road back following a serious injury for Dan Happy, who demonstrated his fitness with a solid display, which will ensure that the O's boss will have a selection problem next week when Shredek Ogi will be back in contention having served his suspension. Both our summer signings impressed, and it was interesting to hear the verdict of the Grimsby Town supporters in their DN35 podcast. They were full of praise for the O's. They believed that it was a penalty and that the match was won in midfield, where George Moncur was simply outstanding. If you avoid his injury, the former Hullman, will be a huge player for the O's this season. Wob Hunt, clearly not yet fully fit, but he showed his quality that he will bring to the left side of our defence. The fact that Richie Rellan still wanted more from his side demonstrates that we're in good hands. The O's manager looking to strengthen midfield, possibly before Saturday's trip to West Sussex. And it's been all change at Crawley. I must confess that I don't really understand non-fungible tokens or cryptocurrency, but I have been impressed by the quality of the player's that have joined the Red Devils this summer, including, of course, Don Telford from Newport County. He scored 25 goals in 37 matches last season, so the 25-year-old must have had other options. The former Arsenal youth team manager, Kevin Betsy, now in charge, and this week he used his connections to sign a young defender on loan from the Gunners. Town's American owners are looking to develop a different model called Web 3.0, a crypto audience will use blockchain technology to foster a remote community to follow the club. Please don't ask me to explain. I don't understand it either. A fly-on-the-wall documentary is going to follow Crawley's first techno season. The first episode saw an away day defeat at Carlisle. The O's will be looking to ensure that it's a similar outcome for episode two. Thank you, Dave. Dave, um, linking from Grimsby to Crawley then, where we go on Saturday. So let's think about that. Um, as we mentioned briefly, they got beaten 1-0 at Carlisle. And as Rich said, it could have been a pretty heavy defeat. Um, a new manager, Kevin Betsy, uh, who was an Arsenal youth team manager, introducing a new style, presumably sort of Arsenal-based uh, possession style. Uh, no Glenn Morris in goal anymore to, um, to thwart us. He's gone off to Gillingham on loan, I believe. Um, and they used two goalkeepers on Saturday. They got someone in from Brent, uh, Brentford um, as first choice, but he got injured. So they were one of the few teams who used five substitutes, a number of new players. And um, it sounds as if they may not be in great shape, which we can only hope for. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, it's, you know, the first home game for them. You know, they'll, they'll have a not a large crowd. I thought they'll have a crowd behind them. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, these are the games normally where 
we come back down to earth with a bump. So it'd be quite refreshing if we actually um, demolish these on Saturday and carry on from where we were on Saturday. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I said this a lot last season and, and it got proved to be very wrong, but I'm, I'm quite confident at the moment going into a game that we'll, we'll do quite well. So, um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be an interesting game because we, we, I don't know how much about them. We'll know a lot of new players, brand new manager, um, just hope for the best. <laughs> Yeah, and and if it's a new a new manager who's trying to impose a new style, that that can uh, that can take time as well. But um, I, I'm uh, with Dave in having no idea about uh, Bitcoin or anything else. But the club is now owned by a group called Wagme, which um, I, I wrote down at one stage what it stood for. But there's some clever initials. Um, we're going, you know, to do this, that, and the other. The, the actual the actual. Uh, statement on the the uh, firm's website says the aim is to take Crawley Town, smallest club in the football league, to the Premier League. So you can't um, you can't fault them for ambition. And of course, they uh, I mean, their their great signing in the summer uh, was the top scorer in League Two last season. They managed to get Dom Telford from Newport. I mean, that shows something, doesn't it? Well, money obviously talks, doesn't it? I mean, it's football's based on money, money, money. Um, it's like when I listen to the Outlook Poison with Ken. It's you talk about budgets, and that's what the bookies look at. And this way, oh, they've got a great budget, but it's how you spend it at the end of the day. And I think Orient have spent theirs quite wisely. Now we we're not in the inside of Crawley or Salford, and you can't keep up with all of it unless you're on social media all day. But I remember saying on this program last season, oh, we got Crawley there, packed the defence and this, that, now, and they, they actually wiped the floor with us when under their previous manager because he was a bit of a character and he, he had them going in different ways. But like we say, we don't know a lot about them, whether it's like a hoodoo ground, which we've never done well at, which that's just plays on your mind, doesn't it? But I think under Wellens, we've got a different mindset to that. And if we all go positive, not thinking it's the old Orient, this is the new Orient going forward then we, we could all create a positive result, maybe. Well, I think we can say we laid that bogey uh, at the end of last... It was actually the final away game, of course, mm. last season, the 2-0. Uh, good goals, if you remember that very good goal where, where Theo suddenly came in from the, the wing and sprinted down the middle and Vigarou claimed what was probably his, his big assist of the season. He normally gets one assist a season, doesn't he? Yeah, he's still talking it. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I read we've actually won the last two times we've played there, apparently. Yeah, because oh, yeah, I thought so our record was poor. But one of those was teams. in the uh, funny... Um, JPT. Oh, oh, yeah, yes, the JPT, <laughs> yes. Um, well, no, uh, we'll, we'll count it. We'll count it. Um, we'll take anything. <laughs> yeah, no, that was um, that was a very convincing performance. I mean, we I remember, although they were kicking uh, away from our end where we were all stood, uh, there was terrific chances down at the far end. Uh, Aaron Dryner, of course, missed a penalty um, and then got the second goal near the end, which I thought was great for him because if you remember, he'd been on quite a, quite a drought at that stage. So that was a great boost for him. Um, the lineup. I mean, Shadowgi is now available. Um, would anyone bring him back in for Dan Happy or not? No. Well, like Rich said, he should get another chance. He's he's up to speed now, isn't he? So um, I like having a, a left left-footed defender in the correct side of uh, the back three, as such. If we go that way. Yeah, I think the change there will probably be on the bench. Maybe he'll come on, come in for Sweeney or something. Yeah, yeah, and. 
If we don't, I mean, as we speak at this time of 10 to 8 on Wednesday, we have not signed a defensive midfield player. Uh, we hope somebody might come in, but then if they come in Thursday or Friday, they don't often get thrown straight into the, into the team, do they? So I guess Tom James could stay there. Thompson probably did OK at right back, as you said. And, and Craig Clay, I suppose one of the considerations must have been, would he be, would he be fit to last to starting a game? But, I mean, he, he did OK when he came on, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he certainly did. I mean, I think they'll still keep... I don't think the team will change that much. I mean, I no. think the one possible change might be Kelman will be playing, won't he? Well, sorry, he'll be back. He'll be he'll be in the squad. Yes. So whether that's going to be on the bench and, and possibly Sonny Fish drops out or whether they'll actually think, you know, did Paul Smith... I mean, I thought Paul Smith worked in that position OK, actually, on Saturday. Yeah. So um, I, I think he'll be on the bench, Kelman. They'll more. probably... Uh, Take uh, Abirio, is it? Is that well correct yeah. to say? Yeah, he, he was on, there. yeah, yeah. Zek Abirio. He, he'd probably drop out there. Yeah. And like you say, Sweeney for um, Ogie. Because uh, when when we, we spoke earlier, if you, you look at the bench, everybody was saying, oh, it's, it's, it's weak. But say we do go a goal down, 20 to go, and you look on there and you've got Harry Smith, Fish, and a few others yeah, in that it, Kelm and then you, all of a sudden you think all oh, these they yeah, might get me a goal game changer I saw something today about that and it was literally just by putting those two in the squad the bench all of a sudden looks very strong whereas on Saturday I thought it doesn't look particularly strong there but just by those two coming back in all of a sudden the bench think, you think you know, there's a lot of options there that, that could be handy yeah, the manager spoke again in that interview. The manager spoke very well about uh, about Charlie Kelman and, and Sonny Fish. For anybody who's seen him, and we've only seen brief uh, brief spells, but he looks a, he looks a prospect if only for the for the future. Um, so that's Crawley on Saturday. We hope there'll be a good turnout of uh, of Orient supporters. Supporters club coaches going. It's an easyish uh, train journey from either London Bridge or Waterloo if you're uh, if you're not or Victoria, I believe. Um, and then an opportunity for change, I suppose, next Tuesday. Um, a bit underwhelming in the League Cup to be drawn away to Forest Green, really. Um, promoted, of course, as as champions, um, though we got two good 1-1 draws against them, of course, last mm-hmm. season. Um, Ruel Soterio goal in, in both games. Are we, can we be excited about the League Cup? Well, well, you can do. I mean, it's a game to nothing. So if he wants to make changes, give minutes to players, he can. We have done reasonably well, didn't we? We knocked him out of the League Cup a few years back, didn't we? And then, then you get a few better teams coming in. Does he want to progress in it and get to the third round and get a big team? And we're owed a big draw, aren't we, because of the Tottenham fiasco, yeah. maybe? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an opportunity. I mean... There was one or two bigger, bigger and better teams. I mean, I'm not travelling down there myself um, because I went last time and still getting eye treatment. <laughs> Will be that bad? <laughs> Have I mentioned it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because they won on Saturday, I think, didn't they? Yeah, yeah good start, good start. So, Two one win at Bristol Road. Yeah, I see I the goals. They, 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 were, they, they were decent. Yeah. yeah so you know, I, I think for one of those, you know, they lost their manager. Adams left. You know, you wonder at the start of a season, is it going to be, it's going to go either one way or the other. And, you know, the, the fact that they've won their first game away to a team that I thought would probably do quite well this season, it sort of bodes well for them. So I don't think it's going to be, a, certainly won't be an easy game. So, um, yeah, I think we'll use the squad a little bit and maybe give some minutes to people like Harry Smith and Craig Clay for that one. But Yeah, interesting to see what he does with that one. Now, um, news for how you can come on this programme. Uh, Orient Hours, extra time phone-in from next week. We're going to give it a trial. 
Uh, Andy Gilson will be in the chair this time next week. Um, it's your chance to phone in, give us your views, and um, have a little bit of a debate with us. It won't be part of the hour on the programme. It'll be recorded as a, a, a separate extra, which will go out as a podcast, as a trial, and, and we'll see how it goes. Andy, what do people actually need to do to, to get on? Thanks, Steve. Yeah, well, once the show is finished, we'll, we'll give you uh, the number to ring during the coming week. Um, once the show is finished, we'll be leaping into Studio 2 with whoever's with us on the panel and you can ring in and uh, we will um, say to you obviously be patient because it's just a one line in so we've seen gays there will be um, somebody on the line that we're talking to and um, we will give you the information as I say what to what to when to ring and uh, we will not censor the uh, questions it's you know so as long as it's a sensible question we'll answer it on the on the panel and uh, we will then put the show out as soon as we finished it'll be um, put out as a podcast alongside the Orient Hour, which will probably be issued just about an hour or so beforehand. So it's something we're going to try out, Steve, and um, we'll see how it goes. As I say, a little pilot episode uh, next week, and uh, if the fans enjoy it and enjoy taking part in the show and phoning in with their uh, their views, I say, it would be a good, good debate. We expect you to stay on the line and take part in the debate yourself. Um, make your point, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, counter, we'll counter-argue it and uh, maybe agree with it. You never know. And... Uh, <laughs> There you go. Excellent. So your chance to uh, get to get on from next week. We'll give you further details, of course, during the programme. And very briefly, uh, we need some new Orient songs, as the managers kept saying. Andy has actually come, I don't want to make him blush, has come up with a very good one for Vigaroo to the tune of Waterloo. You couldn't get past if you wanted to. Vigaroo guarding our goal. We've got Vigaroo. That's, that's not bad at all. Um, the, one, the one that we need to replace, I think, is the old Josh Coulson song, isn't it? To the Earth, Wind and Fire song, which I really like that. Um, always gets the ball away I think probably that's that probably ought to apply to Beckles but who's, who's got his own song anyway um, the uh, the alternative to that is for a midfielder um, never gives the ball away which I think George Moncur might uh, might be the one for that um, Hey Jude and my, most of my tunes obviously go back to the 60s so <laughs> Hey Jude is a pretty obvious one for, for Paul Smith and for, for Tom James both having single syllable names um, I think Prattley deserves one after his um, after his performance on Saturday, I could only come up with Sha La 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 Lee, Darren P. Um, <laughs> or Pratt's as though, call for Pratt's. How about call for Pratt's? <laughs> um, the tricky one, I think, is going to be Aaron Drynan because I can't think much of rhymes that Drynan at all or indeed with Aaron. So um, thinking caps on before, uh, before Crawley on Saturday for that one. Um, so a quick note next week, Nigel Travis is hosting a focus group for uh, overseas fans of the O's and Mark Devlin the week after Friday the 19th we'll be seeing a small group of fans representatives too so the club are listening uh it's time to go we've got to thank trevor singfield uh, and rich priest and andy in the studio best wishes to karen get well soon and also to my friend and walking footballer john austin take it easy we'll see you at crawley andy will be here next week wednesday at seven up the o's we're not a city we're not a town we're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the vest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orion from each end Lay an Orion from each end 
This is our club and me, I'm proud So sing it up and sing it loud We were formed in 1881 Clans and Orient and so begun The old story and on it runs We're late and Orient from E10 Whatever challenge has come our way The only faithful are here to stay We will live to fight another day We're late and Orient from E10 Late and Orient from E10 This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around So get nowhere we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the vest Whatever challenge, whatever test, whatever. On the hour, across Brentwood and Billericay. This is.